Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Scare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. So Catherine, we, for those, maybe our listeners don't know this, but we record pretty far out in advance. We actually book out a couple months for our listeners. We're so um, grateful to our our applicants who find the time in their calendar a few months out. However, this episode, we're going to hear from Lou today. We are intentionally bumping up and bringing it to air during Pride Month because we feel that it really highlights and deserves the attention uh, for Lou's story that they are going to share with us today. And we are so grateful for Lou for sharing their story with us. We hope that it continues to spark change in our field in the right direction and also help, you know, clinicians out there who might be feeling similarly to the way Lou felt when they were asked to deny pieces, pieces, piece, big pieces of their personhood and personality in order to make um, an oppressive people in an oppressive system comfortable continue the oppression. So we are so grateful that Lou joined us and we can't wait to share it with you during Pride Month. Yes. So please, please listen. Hopefully you can share with others, continue to normalize our existence as human therapists and not discriminate against other people for their identities. Again, I can't believe we have to say that, but here we are in 2023 having to say that, but we can't wait for you to hear Lou's story. And it should go without saying, but we are obviously not normalizing or advocating for bad therapy or bad therapist practices. Um, So please remember that this episode is not a substitute for therapy itself, clinical consultation, or ethical guidance. All right. Well, this is episode number 57 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Hey, Lou. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. So before we get into your story that made you wonder if you were a bad therapist or not, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Lou. I'm a certified arts therapist from Germany. Um, I used to work or I work in clinical um, contexts with people with PTSD and usually some kind of yeah borderline personality disorder and stuff like that um i also work as a dance therapist and i'm an overall theater person so i used to be an actor before Ah, and yeah that's a little bit about me i'm also non-binary and uh that's core point of my story that's why i say that Yes. Well, we we always love all of our guests, but I love especially when we have another art therapist on the podcast. So exciting because I'm over here in the States as an art therapist. Um, But you gave us that perfect segue. Why don't you tell us what made you ask if you were a bad therapist? Well, um, 
I started to work in the clinical context um, about, yeah, somewhere in the end of 2022. I made a course and I uh, got the certificate and so on and so on. And then I started to work in January in a clinic um, somewhere here um, in my home state, which is Hessen. So um, for anybody from, from Germany. Um, so what happened there was I really much liked it. I, I went there and it was great. I worked so much, like so, so much. It was so much work. Like I had a, I had an older colleague um, who was very happy to have me there. And I told them, I told the clinic, um, yeah, hi guys, I use non-binary pronouns in the interview. In the interview when they um, were to employ me, um, and then I said, yeah, that's fine. It's great to have a queer person over and stuff like that. However, um, I began to work there and it was quite good. I liked the team very much because it was a very young team. We had, a um, we had loads and loads of, um, not done, um, psychotherapists. I'm not sure what you not call licensed, them in the United maybe? States. Not licensed, maybe? Not pre-licensed? Like yeah, they're, they're not licensed, I guess. So they're they're done studying and then they go into clinical context and they do some kind of apprenticeship yeah. whatever to get to get licensed so um we had a lot of people there so i liked the team because it was so young and it was um so little of a problem to be held non-binary um then the problems arose oh, it no. was about i think uh, february or march um i began to get complaints from all the patients um, who were like, yeah, how, how shall we talk to you? Um, do you want to be um, addressed as male, addressed as female? And I was like, well, whatever, however you read me. That was, that was the sentence I said. It was, um, however you read me, that pronoun is okay because I'm non-binary, I use all pronouns. Um, and actually, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me. It's just to open their perception for something else than the binary. Yeah. So um, I told the clinic from the beginning, I do that not only for me, but too for younger patients who come with a identity crisis yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I am married to a trans person, so I know all that stuff. Um, and they said, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's try to do that. But um, it wasn't like they were telling me that something was wrong. I was just like having a gut feeling that something was off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like um, nobody really talked to me. Um, in the pauses, they were trying to be very, very polite with me, like the other team members and my boss, um, who didn't have anything to do with psychotherapy. Because in this clinic, it's like you have the psychotherapy department with licensed psychologists and stuff uh, and so on and um, psychiatrists and doctors um, with psychosomatic medicine, and you have the movement department where you have um, physical therapists and movement therapists and motologists and stuff like that. But arts uh, therapy is in Germany a little, yeah, how shall I say, um, it's treated like a stepchild mm. because nobody really knows what you're doing. That and happens here too. It's not just Germany. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's incredibly frustrating. I, I don't have to tell you that. So um, my boss was in the movement department. So actually, we just 
got one meeting a week and they didn't tell me what was wrong because they didn't even know what was going on in the psychological uh, department. Wow. Yeah, so I went to go my way and I got impre- uh, incredibly positive feedback from the patients because um, arts therapy is a thing which people with um, personality disorders can profit from very, very much. Um, and I had a young patient with a, with a borderline personality disorder, which I liked very, very much. And she um, got to her emotion in my uh, <laughs> in my therapy hour, which was so great because she never really got to that. So um, why I tell that is because there is when I first got into problems. Um, her therapist um, took me aside and said, yeah, maybe that's too much for her. I take her out of the arts therapy. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand mm-hmm. it. And these things, these things began to happen more and more. Um, I got taken away from another patient. Then a patient went out of my group therapy twice, actually. Um, an old white man, older white man, cis man, whatever. So, um, and these things kept continuing and they continued. And they so you continued. really felt uh, this behavioral pattern. No one was saying anything to you, but you were feeling that yeah. these patients are getting taken away from me. I'm kind of being, uh, maybe uh, people are not, they're directing patients away from me at, rather than to me. Is that the way you felt? Yes. Yes, that was what I felt. Ooh. And it was just a gut feeling. Gut feeling. And what and was, what were your theories? What 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 went through your head? Like I know if I were in that situation, maybe one thought I would have is, do I suck? <laughs> like, is it yeah. my fault? Like what was going through your head when you know started to notice this pattern that they were directing patients away? I um thought, yeah, I suck. I actually thought I'm inexperienced, mm. I uh, I don't do good professional work, mm-hmm. um, and so on and so on. Um, but then uh, someone, a colleague told me, yes, there were complaints about you. And I went to go to my superior and asked her, what kind of complaints? What's wrong? I wrote her an email and I asked her, what is wrong? Can you please tell me what is wrong? I have uh, in the last meeting, um, before that email, I was so incredibly frustrated that, um, that she was so shut off, like she got the complaints without telling me and she was shut off Mm -hmm. to me, Mm -hmm. like really, really cold and um, wasn't about to tell me anything. And uh, then I wrote an email and asked her what what's wrong, because I somehow had the feeling that she felt that I didn't fit the team and that there were complaints. Still, nobody had told me anything. And I should, I should prove right. So um, what happened then was um, there was another arts therapist coming to um, help us or to stock us up, whatever. And um, in this, on the same time, um, the complaints started to go around and got to my other colleagues. And one took me aside and said, yeah, well, there were complaints because there are cis male patients who don't know how to address you and they are afraid of addressing you. So ah. there's weird stuff going on. And um, 
that was like, okay, my gut feeling was right. I, what went through my, from my head was still, I suck, but I don't. So someone, some cis male patient uh -huh. has a problem with my present, my queer presentation oh my goodness. and mm -hmm. is afraid of me being in his clinical safe space where he's treating his panic disorder, I guess. And, um, he's being a dick about it and complaining without complaining to me. Right. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't, he wasn't the only one, but this was always actually the same. Um, he's uncomfortable first, and he's blaming you. Yeah. He's uncomfortable and he's blaming me. And when, um, as I, as I heard that I was like, okay, then I tried to tell, um, in the groups, okay, you can, you can call me by female pronouns, for example, just to, to define it, to not give them the, um, the stress of deciding whether or not, or what, what they going to address me. Now, and can I, I ask really quickly, okay. can I ask, how did, how did that feel like for you? Like you're trying to put the needs of clients ahead of yours and change your pronouns. How <sighs> did that, that, I mean, it was bad. Yeah, bad, I can really. only imagine. Um, it was so bad uh, sometimes that I came home and just passed out on the couch. I was so dead tired, I couldn't. And it was um, even worse because I was trying so hard to present mm -hmm. as non-binary mm -hmm. because there's this wonderful saying, um, how do you dress non-binary? Be non-binary dress. <laughs> I couldn't do that. It was not possible. I couldn't because I had to present very, very, mm -hmm. very masculine mm -hmm. to pass as non-binary, mm -hmm. which, which is a, a thing like I could try to play a role yeah. or I try to play a, play a role. And, um, Luke, can I, can I jump in? Did you feel like you could say no when they asked you, no. you felt like you were being asked to choose, you were going to lose your job if you said no. And but if you choose your job and say yes, then you are denying a critical piece of your identity and who you are. And it's very egocentric, dystonic. Sorry. That's, um, that's step two that we're not, we're not there yet. I was going to say, I, I don't think anyone's yet. talked to you yet. It sounds like you heard from your no, colleague. Nobody. Oh, no. The colleague. Left in the okay. I'm sorry. I did jump that's ahead. Okay. My apologies. That's okay. So whatever, um, in the meantime, um, I, I then said the sentence, you can say, you can say female pronouns. And then there still were these patients complaints coming in, uh -huh. not only from that white cis man, because someone he was gone because it was like six weeks in the therapy and then he was gone. Um, but then that started to arise even more. So then I, um, got from from a superior that I have to change the pronouns like um, I across the I board or just for the one patient no, across the board totally oh. I I went to HR I went to HR and told them um, yeah well there were complaints um, could we somehow try and maybe make me some kind of awareness person for that like I'm, I'm willing to take on more work to give someone who doesn't have any, um, 
points uh, like um, how how do you say um in german it's berührungspunkte uh, touching points touching touch point, points touch yeah. points yeah 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 touch points um who doesn't have touch points with queer people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um someone to talk to who is queer on a professional basis mm -hmm. like i was mm -hmm. willing to be that and um the hr person who's very nice said yeah well we are trying to do that maybe maybe it's gonna be something like a promotion with a with an with your own office and stuff like that they Uh, she painted she painted a, a great future okay well what happened then the um the new arts therapist came she was very very nice she's still very nice i uh, like her very much we're friends and we uh, talk a lot um but she had uh, COVID, mm -hmm. so she had um she had a first day of work and she was a little bit sick and uh, we had to do COVID testing like almost every week, I think, or twice a week. I'm not quite sure even more what the rhythm was. Um, and she got COVID, test positive, and she gave it over to me, of course, because we were working in the uh, same office. Oh no. So I went into COVID break with 10 days, not working at all. I was uh, having a bad case of COVID. And then I came back. And now um, is the consequence part. Hey, Allie, let's take a moment to talk about Jane, our show sponsor who helped make this episode possible. Yes, please. Jane is a practice management software built for every kind of behavioral health practitioner, and it's thoughtfully designed with your clients in mind. Jane makes it convenient to meet with individuals, couples, or families, whether that's online via Jane's telehealth options or in person. Telehealth is also completely integrated with Jane, so you won't need an extra software to run your sessions, and your clients can join a call directly from their browser. And Jane's group management features are a helpful way to help you manage your related clients, such as couples and families. You can copy notes between related clients in the same session and invoice a group appointment to a single client. Are you curious to see Jane in action? Head to jane.app slash mental health to book a one-on-one -on -one demo. You can also use the code BADTHERAPIST for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Psst. Hey listeners, it's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Ellie's not the best at bragging on herself, and I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at our website, cccs.care. Ellie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website, cccs.care, and sign up for free today. Moving forward, let's get back to the show. So let me get this straight. You were asked, so white cis males 
multiple or at least we know of at least one multiple, multiple. patients i'd say i'd say cis patients, cis patients whatever reported formally reported that a clinician who is non-binary who happens to be you makes them uncomfortable the non-binariness of the clinician makes them uncomfortable and that yeah. something should be done to make them comfortable and then it was you know told it got back to you and you actually kind of raised the bar you said yeah i am non-binary and let me help you make it better let me help this culture let me help advocate for this uh for helping the clients um and and helping them expand their worldviews and their, their perceptions right and then we're going to get into so right now i'm thinking everything's they're going to accept it you're going to you're going to make this great program moving forward but that's not how it happens that's not how it happens uh -oh. <sighs> well as said i was i was then forced uh, to do the binary again shortly before my um my covid stuff that i was sick and i went to hr and said and i was so desperate i was crying like constantly because i was forced by the superior then like i i didn't i didn't totally do that voluntary but they were so in 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 social social pressure that i didn't have any choice mm -hmm. i was like the gut feeling was i do that or i lose my job yeah. that's what yeah. so you felt i oh, went to so you felt like you couldn't say no to yeah. leading a, a uh, uh this this leadership role within um how would you quantify your new what they asked of you how would you describe it well they uh, the hr person asked me to do it and the um well maybe I, I need to get this straight because um i'm trying not to go totally overboard emotionally because this was so <sighs> you felt like you couldn't really. say no to what they were asking of you that made you yeah they, if, if they would have asked me that would have been something else yeah. but i was peer pressure yeah, yeah. into yeah. doing that yeah. mm -hmm. like if, if someone came to me and yeah. said it would be great to do that that would be nice but they pre-pressured mm -hmm. me into going binary again well they're saying like, you have complaints here's where the remedy yeah and it's implied that if you don't do the remedy like you, there's going to be negative yeah. consequences for you at work yeah that's right so what happened then i got sick with covid and i went and i was home for 10 days and then when i came back i um had only um only therapy until noon like usually mm -hmm. i did i i had pre-noon and post-noon as it is in clinical setting because um the patients have breakfast and then they have first therapy session and second and third and mm -hmm. so on and then um it was about i think half past 11 my um, superior or sub superior because I had a superior and one underneath her um, that that woman came and said yeah please come with me without telling me oh, no. where we were going mm. and what was happening and on the way she said yeah we're going to um, to see the CEO of the clinic uh, instant panic attack oh my gosh instant, instant panic, panic attack and I was like Holy shit, I'm afraid now. Yeah. I told her that. And and she 
She just smiled. It was bad. She just smiled and went. Oh, uh-uh. And then there was this um, this guy, <laughs> a, a, a really young um, person who's in economy. Like he's the person who who conducts if the clinic earns enough money. Um, a financial financial guy. No, oh. no, no. He's the he's the CEO. Oh. In, in Germany, it's called it's called um, Kaufmännische Leiter. That's a little bit like um, like leader of sales. Got it. Okay, got it. If, if you have to put it into terms, but it's a, in a clinical sense. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little different. So um, you have a um, you have a company mm-hmm. in the clinic mm-hmm. um, because everything's private here. You have a, cl- a company which has to um, abide to laws, mm-hmm. and then you have. Um, the clinics that belong to this company mm-hmm. and each of them has a chief of sales oh. and they conduct, and they're like the ceo um, of that clinic got it yeah so right. you're going they to meet the with them right now that's mm-hmm. the person you're going to meet with the yeah, ceo of the right. clinic oh my gosh i've seen i've seen him once before where he told me like a hypocrite he's so happy that we have a queer person now we don't know why he's a hypocrite and then, yet. <laughs> wait, I went into his office and um, he let me sit. And then he said, yeah, um, he said opposite of me and said, yeah, well, we were very happy to have you, but that's not going to be the case anymore. What? He just fired me on the spot. I was first day back. From COVID. And from COVID, still sick. (laughs) And I got um, put into this situation with the CEO of the clinic who told me I'm bloody fired. Oh my goodness. Because of queerness. Of course, he didn't tell me that. Of course not. Yeah, Yeah, what what was the reasoning they give you? And the reasoning was um, trail time. Because um, in Germany, you have, um, when you go into employment, you have six months mm-hmm. in which um, either the employee or the employer can say um, amidst two weeks, yeah, it doesn't fit, you got to go. Or the employee can say, doesn't fit, I, sure. I got to sure. go. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess in the US it's the same, right? It, it varies by state, state to state. Different states have different. Oh, yeah. Laws. Sometimes you can have like a sometimes, window, like a yeah. intro period kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's... Um, that's what they were. That's, that's what they so, were citing I, as letting you go. You did not yeah. really cut it for the intro period, Good. right? Which right. gives you no answers so, and no guidance and no developmental anything. Did they say any ways in which you didn't cut it? Were they like your clients were unhappy or you were not meeting clinical nothing. load? Nothing. Nothing. But it gets worse. Oh, oh no! I went to the board because I was like so I was so pissed off by that point yeah. that I was like, okay, if I have to go, I'll burn them. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. the mentality. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going, you're taking me down. I'm going down with you. First ride was a riot, really. <laughs> However, I, so so I was full riot mode. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. After I um, I I packed my stuff and then I went to the board. There's this uh, employment board where you can go if you're um, unlawfully 
treated. Mm -hmm. So um, in, when it's a big company in Germany, then you have this um, thing where you can go for guidance mm -hmm. or um, where you can file a complaint. And I wanted to file a complaint. So I went there, of course, crying, crying and panicking and not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. And um, then that person there was, of course, in on it because they always have to say, yes, of course. But they, um, since, it, since it was trial peri period, they couldn't do anything about it. Oh, but mm, he was something between very sympathetic and I didn't quite buy what he was telling me. Mm -hmm. And he um, twice made the mistake to tell me too much, I guess, mm. because um, he had my file in front of him and was paging through it. And I sat right next to him and there was like, um, um, blah, blah, um, the firing is because of this. And then there was a reasoning and there stood a paragraph where, uh, it read, um, there were multiple, um, talks with the employee about, um, complaints and, uh, that the employee overstepped their, um, responsibilities and their professional mm. stuff. So their professional um, and in my professional, what's, what's it called? Uh, my professional behavior. How did, so, how did that feel to read or hear? Awful. Yeah. That was awful. And I knew it was a lie yeah. because nobody had talked to me. None. Um, I was all alone. And when I went, um, to talk to my colleagues about that, um, no one, I told them I got, I got fired and they were like, so, it's so cold. Not, none of them really got any, any empathy or sympathy with me. So I guess they were all in on it. And I felt really betrayed in that moment. Oh my gosh. Really yeah. betrayed when you get into a room mm -hmm. and you tell them you're fired and no one reacts a wink. Yeah. Yeah, that was blue. so awful, god awful. And um, then I went into the office after my unsuccessful complaint. Yeah. And I went to talk to an, um, to an attorney. Smart. So um, because I thought, yeah, maybe maybe I'm going to get something from 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 a court of law or something like that. But um, the attorney said very fast that there is no chance for it because the only thing I could get would be to get employed, employed again so that they could um, fire me just a different way a few months later. Yeah, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work anything because I was in that trial period, which, right. yeah. So that's um, how it ended. And then when, after I was at a board meeting, I just packed my stuff and went home and it was very bad because, um, I called my husband then and asked him, um, what I was going to do now. And he actually just first, um, he's always, as we all do, <laughs> trying to seek something else than racism and anti-queerness yeah. and transphobia and stuff like that, because we're always trying to see the good in people. Mm -hmm. So he, um, he said, yeah, well, maybe they fired you because you were sick. And I was like, 
yeah, but I got sick with COVID at work mm. yeah. while there's still COVID. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it didn't quite add up. Of course, of course, it was worried and somewhere we had to do it. You know, uh, it's almost it's almost worse that they didn't just come out and say, you know, we're firing you because your identity doesn't fit with our belief system. Um, because then you could yeah. look at it and point to it. But they left you with so much ambiguity, probably to cover their own legal butts. But the ambiguity is where the what ifs lie, right? Like, mm -hmm. but what if it was this? What if I really did this? Did, did any of those self-doubts creep in? Or are you at the point now where you're like, nope, these guys were assholes. I was, I do not want to work there. They are not a good fit for who I am and what I live by. Um, or are there still doubts? What is it like today? Oh, um, short after I got very depressed, like clinically depressed. I, um, I went into arts therapy and psychology because, um, I have PTSD myself from, um, yeah, whatever. And, um, so I wanted to help people with that, but with this backlash, I got very depressed yeah. for at least two or three weeks, um, before I could really just sh shrug off that weight. <laughs> and, uh, then I went and tried to get something else. Um, I had a bit of, of luck in all of that bad luck because um, they paid me for the whole month. Mm. I only worked until the 14th of March and they paid me until the end of March. So I had a little bit of time to get a new job. Well, now I work at the gas station, oh. <laughs> which is kind of sad. Well, um, it's, it's okay, but I'm trying to find something else mm. right now. Um, I'm, uh, I'm having a a trail at a uh, school for disabled children who seek uh, an art therapist mm. and a dance therapist, which would be very nice because it's Waldorf. I don't know if you, yes, you know about that. We have Waldorf schools here. Yep. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, right now, yeah, I do have some self doubts, but I try not to let them get the best of me mm -hmm. because these people were just seeing their own advantage and they were having their traditional work environment. You know, that's um, uh, just to have some trivia on the area where we are. Um, this is the middle of Germany. The next big city is Kassel. Mm -hmm. So it's um, really, really rural. And um, the clinic where I was, was about 40 minutes drive from where I live, like wow. over very tiny roads. Mm -hmm. So um, usually you have here, there were, after the Second World War, there were a lot of sanatoriums. So cities which were just built in order to support that sanatorium. Ooh. And um, you have a lot of them That's here. Um, and they, they are um, having the buildings and the infrastructure to support clinics. That's why you usually have a whole village just devoted to that clinic. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, right, but that that makes that a microcosm. Yeah. Uh, yep. So everyone knows yeah. everyone, mm -hmm. and it's really uh, it's really really hard to inflict any change into these into these structures because they are so um, old and so stubborn. Mm -hmm. They are like a like a cis old man. <laughs> yeah. And well, I can go into a tangent about how the the purpose for which these were created is now you know the the threads that weave the community together, which is a whole different 
conversation. But Lou, what, tell us about where you're at now. What, uh, where do you want to go with your career? Um, what do you want to be doing? What are your goals moving forward? What have you learned from this that can help you move forward with your career? Well, um, never try to be someone you're not. Mm. So go into, if you, if you are in a work environment and, um, someone tries to discriminate you for what you are or who you are or what your presentation is or what your sexual orientation is. I know it should be, it's, it's 2023. It shouldn't be the case, but more often than not, you get into these environments where you don't, don't thrive. And if, well, today I say it's good riddance that I don't work there because I wouldn't yeah. have gotten happy there, mm -hmm. but but um, it's not worth to try to be someone who you're not. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned from that to not pour too much heart into a work, mm -hmm. which is quite hard when you're a therapist, because you're, you're an idealist, you love what you do, you want to help people and, um, but the system is the, the enemy of that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, if you're a hypersensible therapist and you have to work in a system which doesn't support alternative ways of life, mm -hmm. like which, which they shouldn't be, but mm -hmm. there still are, mm -hmm. um, which they shouldn't be, um, then it's very, very difficult to do that. So you still, if you don't love where you work, don't work there. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe that's a, that's something I take from that. And I wouldn't ever take a colleague as a friend anymore because I felt so betrayed mm -hmm. that, um, I only have this, this one who came as an arts therapist after me as a friend, um, because we didn't work together, like really, we, we had one day together, mm -hmm. so we weren't really colleagues, so that's okay. But, um, when I get into a new team now, I try to keep some things private, which goes totally against my, my deep felt wanting, yeah. but it's necessary for me to protect myself. Yeah. Well, I feel like, it is, like you said, it's the system is so hard because, you know, we are client focused, of course, you know, this is about the work we do with our clients, but we also have to be true to ourselves because that's the most, you have to be, you absolutely have to be. And to feel torn or feel like you're being told that you can't be yourself is just, I really, my heart breaks that you were put in that situation that, you know, the people around you were not supportive of that because you are who you are and that's amazing. And again, it goes against what we do as therapists, yes. which is ex we're accepting yes. and we help people and all of these things. And so often, like you're saying, it's the system. It feels like with people who aren't therapists who somehow ended up managing therapists who disrupt that system and make it so challenging at times and plus a million other things, but I feel like, you know, where I'm going with it. Um, they, but I just see the money. It's just so frustrating that you were put in that situation. Cause again, it goes against what we do as therapists. You were, yeah. You were being asked to harm yourself to continue the system of oppression. So a client could feel comfortable. And yeah. that is, that is unacceptable in any situation for anyone. And you know, I'm, I'm just getting 
really pissed off for you that the system allowed it. We're ready to riot with. I know. Can we riot now? I'm like all all about it today. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, And you asked what I was doing now um, or where I generally wanted to go. I will um, do freelance arts therapy online. So Ah. um, that's a thing. That's a thing which I want to uh, pursue. Um, like actually to a price which people can actually afford um, in Germany because we have this very good, very good social system, but still sometimes um, like I have a lot of people around me who um, went to get therapy and they can't because they're not sick enough. So yeah, that's the thing I wanted to do. And then I go to this wall of thing probably where um, there are kids with autism and PTSD, um, actually a lot of refugees, and I will possibly make a change there. And I would love to be able to help people with um, the either non-binary or trans identity crisis. So maybe um, I will uh, build that branch as well in the future. You're already making a difference just by sharing your story here with us and our listeners. We cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing this vulnerability, like this pain, this frustration. It really is like, again, you are having so many people hear your story and that in itself is already making a difference. Thank you so much for letting me share. Of course. And Lou, where can people find you? You were saying these amazing things you're doing online. Like where can our listeners find you if they wanted to connect? Um, I have socials. Um, I do have an Instagram account where I post about, um, usually my hobby is, uh, LARP stuff. I do live action role plays on hobby. That's so cool. That's so fun. You're very well invited. If you, if you ever get over to Europe, (laughs) I uh, do the organizing. You can, uh, I've always wanted to LARP. Oh, really? Yes. Bad Come therapist, warping. Allie, you got to help me with my costume. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We're going to talk about love that. It. Recording. <laughs> Great. So um, my uh, Instagram is there, the thing to do. I usually try to answer all the DMs. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes so that people can find Absolutely. it easily. Perfect. Well, Lou, again, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your story. It was such a pleasure. Keep us posted on all the good things. We hope to connect with you again in the future. Of course. Thank you very, very much. It was very nice to meet you both. You're so lovely. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Lou. So are you. And that's it. The OG Bad Therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song, along with many others, on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast or wanting to level up the one you already have, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect.
And don't forget, we're all bad therapists. <laughs>